Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Straw. I pitch free throws because they are free. Fisher, Tosopolis, DJ, Nikki Snacks, Carter will be joining us in just a hot second. And it was a very fun weekend in sports toss. Jake Paul surprisingly knocked down Nate Diaz, winning in a unanimous decision in another YouTube versus MMA boxing match. Lionel Messi is taking the MLS by storm. And Anthony Davis gets the richest per annual average salary extension in NBA history. Three years, $186 million. So, Toss, who is the weekend winner? Jake Paul, Inner Miami, or Anthony Davis? Uh, I'm going to go with the Ant-Man. Although Ooh, it's not okay. the Ant-Man, because that's Anthony Edwards, I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Ant Davis, uh, the Brow, formerly the Brow, the artist formerly known as the Brow. <laughs> I mean, if a, if a guy gets paid and it's that much money, that guy has to be the winner. I know Messi here is uh, building a nice case. Lower tier, way behind the first two uh, possible candidates here is the Jake Paul fight. Look, you said it right. He he's a he's fighting a it's a YouTube guy fighting uh, an MMA guy. And Nate Diaz did not know what he was doing from a boxing standpoint. Now he had the same tenacity. He had the same uh, we'll call it stamina durability that he always has, where he put up um, at, at least you know he put up some type of fight. He continued to put on a show. He was making faces and and taunting Jake Paul throughout the entirety of the fight. But um, as Jake continues to fight, he gets better as a technical boxer. And in my mind, just watching some of that fight, there was not really a comparison between two, between these two guys in regards to their skill as boxers. Uh, So I'm not surprised that Jake won. Uh, McGregor is now thrown out his, uh, his opinions uh, on the fight. So I'm curious to see if he'll be the next up in, in, in the Jake Paul saga. It's great. I think it's still very good what he's doing for boxing. He's drawing eyes to boxing. I'm not saying he's fully reignited it, but I think you're starting to see more boxers step up into the ring versus one another because they don't want their sport to be ruled by the quote unquote YouTube star. Jake Paul and I also think that he is again bringing more eyes to a sport that was dying for probably most of the 2010s like people actually cared about and I don't think I think it's I don't think it's a coincidence that people cared about the Bud Crawford Errol Spence fight and I don't think it's a coincidence that a fight happened that's typically a fight that would be so take forever to happen I mean think about how long you know, we talked about uh, Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury to a point where both guys just veered off in opposite directions and it never went down. Like yeah. it takes so long for these things to come together, but yet Jake Paul says it's going to happen. It happens, and he continues to put fights together. So I think it put a little it put a little pressure on the real boxing world, quote unquote. Uh, and I think he's still been very good for the sport. And we'll see if McGregor gets into the ring with him, which would be very interesting. McGregor obviously famously fighting Floyd Mayweather Jr. in what. Floyd probably should have tattooed him, tattooed him uh, in a lot quicker fashion. Again, than not a not a boxer though. Not a boxer. Right? Um, the I only do... loss that he has is against a guy that is a boxer, and even at that, was more of an amateur than he is a professional. Um, he a guy that is 
becoming a professional boxer and um, starting his professional career in Tommy Fury. And mm -hmm. Jake Paul lost that fight. So uh, until he fights multiple boxers back to back, like the sentiment I feel like is going to be the same, at least in regards to the actual fight itself. Now, mm. what you're talking about, the, the macro approach and the larger effect that this has on the sport or more people watching the, the particular cards that Jake Paul is involved in, is a, it's a separate conversation. It's a separate point, I think. Um, and everything that you just said is absolutely valid. But at least from the product of the fight itself, I wasn't super impressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I thought Nate Diaz was a pretty piss poor boxer, but obviously nonetheless a very fun dude. Yeah, did he stand up a long time? Sure, but like... His hands Was are he, down. His He's, hands he, are down. Yeah, bad. I mean, it, bad. It, uh, it I do want to. I do want to say. I don't know if I'm surprised by your answer with Anthony Davis. Obviously, yes. In the short, in the vacuum of the things, a guy gets paid, he has to be the winner, especially when it's for sixty million dollars plus a year, which is so crazy. I really think, and maybe we're jumping the gun on the Messi mention a little, a little early here. What he has done with Inter Miami and the MLS in his first month there. Like, I mean, the, them, the, your hometown, Dallas, the tickets, what he's done is just been messy though. Right. Exactly. Like I not, mean, yeah, he's the best player yeah. ever and he's coming. I think <laughs> I, the title is, is he the greatest thing to come to America ever uh, in sports? He might be, he really might be. I don't know that there is a foreign player that can be as impactful as him. And that's saying something like we, we, we have our Jokic, our Giannis, our Luca. We have these guys in beads, far and born. We have the NBA players and that's not even mentioning Yao Ming and how impactful he was. And uh, then you could go to Ichiro on the diamond. You know, you Yao could go. Ming. To, how about, how about Dirk Nowitzki before Dirk him? Nowitzki? Apologies. So this upcoming weekend will be named to the basketball hall of fame. Exactly. It's the big German. I mean, there's a plethora of guys in the NBA that have paved the way Ichiro uh, and not and that. And that's just the tip of the iceberg with all the Latin born players that I could just, you know, sit here and we can just name all the baseball players. I still think for a guy who is the best and knowingly the best, like we didn't know that Giannis was going to be the best Jokic and, and so on and so forth. Like coming to the sport, knowing that this guy is the best in the world, or if if not the great and probably the greatest of all time, and being as good as he's been so far, I don't know if there's a player that has the opportunity to have as much impact as Lionel Messi has ever had. Especially the way soccer is still growing, and the ticket prices in Dallas, it was like some it was so much higher than they normally are. It was like eight hundred and sixty percent higher than they typically are for a game in doubt versus Dallas and Miami and Dallas because Messi was going to be there. His impact on the sport soccer in America could be unparalleled to anything we've seen in, in American sports. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting statement. Um, I guess part of it to me is like, what do you look as the biggest impact, right? Even the, at least in basketball, the guys that you named, <laughs> Out of all those guys, who has had the biggest impact on the sport itself? Yeah. No, you don't the, think so. No, or I would say Dirk, I would say Dirk, Dirk because of the way that the shooting. Game was oh, played. oh, from the gameplay standpoint, from the yeah, actual, sure. Well, well, there's two different ways to talk about it, right? One is like the actual product of the game and how the game is played, and then the other is the business side of it and how it's changed the scope of the league. And I certainly think that in regards to Messi, it's more that side, right? Um, yes, but do you th you don't think Yao is that version in the NBA and what 
and the kind of the bridge he created with NBA China and the fans there. From a fanhood standpoint. And you know how I feel about Yao as a player. Right. Yeah. From a fanhood standpoint, that's interesting. I'd have to, I owe it to the NBA to do a little bit more research on the actual numbers, like the, the raw statistics behind like the viewership. And I, I know that obviously the, the NBA has become a much more global sport um, since Yao, but that was already kind of starting when you talk about, you know, the dream team, right. In 92, when they mm. go and how many fans that they had and, and the marketability of athletes like Michael Jordan, um, guys like Charles Barkley, and then kind of how that develops into the two thousands, you get guys like Kobe Bryant and, and Shaquille O'Neal, my favorite thing. Um, and I saw someone bringing this up the other day because they were talking about buddy cop comedies is that in rush hour, uh, I think it's Rush Hour 2, actually. There's a woman like going down a stairwell and she walks by Chris Tucker and she goes, move aside, Kobe. And it's just like Kobe Bryant also helped. And I mean, it's kind of a little, maybe not maybe not the the most rewatchable moment, I guess. Doesn't necessarily age. <laughs> we had this conversation last week with White Chicks, yes. But it's a, it's, it is funny in the moment. Oh, yeah. And Shaquille O'Neal, obviously, I mentioned. Dirk, more so from a play standpoint, you look at what happened from a drafting um perspective for a lot of NBA teams going after guys after Dirk had won his MVP with the Mavericks and the Raptors draft a guy like Andres Bargnani, right? And then you get the the big man who can shoot and that completely completely changes the game from a spacing standpoint. Um, no one has affected the game on the court in basketball more than Steph Curry. And I just want to give you an assignment. I went and watched Underrated, which is his new documentary that came out. I don't know if you have or haven't yet. Not yet. But I will. It's, it's awesome. I mean, it's just Steph Curry. He's so likable. His little kids are running around and they're adorable. Um, talks a lot about his his days at Davidson. So I guess to tie it back to Messi. I like that, by the way. Yeah. Just, that's great. Yeah. Um, I certainly see the marketability of the MLS, of the sport of soccer in the United States, already growing and Messi just adding kerosene to the fire. Like mm. it. And to what you're saying about the, the Yao comp bringing more fans in international fans that care about the MLS, which is interesting. I mean, look, where well, is it I, on the totem pole of, of leagues that are important? It's not in the big four. We don't, we don't include it in the quote unquote big four. It's still behind the NHL. You could make the argument it's behind UFC. Right. Yeah. Or uh, so the, but, and the thing that this is this like the NBA was king in the United States and we're adding global partners soccer or the, as they call it football around the globe is the king globally. And the United States is ironically in this one behind, I feel like people not globally, and this could be a presumption. Don't take soccer and the MLS as seriously as they do with La Liga, you know, and, and champions, like all of like across, like they don't, they don't take it as seriously as the, you no, know, you, they're, you're behind the, the EPL, La Liga, Bundesliga, the French League. That's series four a, leagues. Series, series. Serie A, the Italian League. Yeah, I mean, you, you're you're behind all all five of those leagues. Okay, undoubtedly. And, and the and other it, ones, you can pro, you can I don't know. It maybe it becomes an argument at that point. Um, but then, like you said, the the um, the Champions League, right? So that's almost its own thing. And yeah, so you're you're the sixth most watched soccer league probably um and that's just a guess that's an assumption off off my the top of my head but honestly the the 
the second the champ the championship league the premier league second league might be higher viewership i don't know i'd have to look yeah i mean the premier league is definitely number one followed by la liga and league one bundeliga you mentioned series A. like all these are higher than the mls and not only are they higher than the mls you could also make the argument that the rest of the world doesn't take it as seriously and it's looked down upon so a he's bringing in foreign the people who loved him in barcelona all the Argentinian people who love him, he's bringing that that'll just watch Lionel Messi play no matter what. He's bringing the eyes over to the MLS, and I think he's creating more a more respectable level of play by just being a presence in the MLS. And he's also paving the way for guys. And he's still in his prime. Like it's not like you know Lionel Messi is past his prime. He's coming off on some of his worst seasons. In the, in the calendar year, he's won the World Cup. You know what I'm saying? Or last year, he won the World Cup. So it's. Yeah. What he's done over the last, you know, you know, year, year or two, uh, is very impressive on his own personal level from a national standpoint and an, and an international standpoint. And now he's bringing that over to the MLS. It's going to pave the way for guys to come through. Guys are going to they're going to come earlier and earlier in their careers and not wait to the tail end of their careers, like the Terry Henrys, the Wayne Rooney's, the Beckham's, who obviously are massive names, but came over towards the end of their careers uh, to play on the in the MLS. So I think Messi coming in when he did, and as big as it's been, and the way social media is acting today, when we he scores that his first goal for inner Miami being that free kick to win the game and everyone in attendance for that, that automatically just starts it at a Cinderella like level. So while I, I, I get your point that money is King and the numbers trump all with Anthony Davis. Well, again, talking about winning the weekend, not winning the next three months, you know, exactly. So I think we're maybe jumping the gun on Messi a little bit here, but I I think it can't, I think he'll bridge the gap as the weeks go over, but it's close. What he's done with inter Miami has been unbelievably impressive, but you can't deny that Anthony Davis, a guy that you think, and you've won the argument of cat versus AD. If I didn't have the headphones on, I'd happily tip the cap to you. And a guy that you sit throughout, and the I year. wasn't even trying. I wasn't even trying to win it that badly. I just- no, yeah, I would. Yeah, it's that. That's that is dead six feet under. And and a guy that you thought for, I guess the second half of the season was the best player in the Lakers. It's a really big extension, and he is as LeBron. I think would would want wanted when he first came there. He'll be the successor and future face of the Lakers franchise. Nikki Snacks credit staying in the LA market huge for him. Yeah, but staying there and continuing to up his celebrity and um, you know, just his, his presence as a brand and what he can potentially do down the road, establishing more connections on the business side in the city of Los Angeles. Um, that's also, you know, part of the reason why I think he won the weekend as well, but the, the big winner of the weekend always is Nikki snacks. Crider. Nikki snacks. Crider. Welcome. Nice shave. How are you today? The, the pods were, they, they were a winner this weekend. No, no, they're, no. they've lost two out of the last three. Mid, so made a win today to salvage the series. However, did you guys mention that Messi shops for his own groceries? Does that surprise you guys? We didn't mention that. We didn't mention that. I don't think he would shop for his own groceries in Argentina, but I think he maybe would shop for his own groceries in America because the likelihood he's recognized from the jump, at least being in Miami, I'm sure like as the days go on, it's going to be tougher for him. To I actually, think it's a recognizability thing. I think it's more of just like a. Do you, do you have time to do your own? Gro- I mean, like, do you want to do your own groceries? Or you just want to hire someone to do them for you. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. he does. But you know, maybe he wants to just you know be normal for five Let's see what's seconds. On the shelves in the US. Not yet. 
I was Nick, I was telling Josh to go watch Underrated, which is the Steph Curry doc on Apple TV. One of my biggest takeaways is that like I realized it's not something that I don't know, but something that just was re-emphasized to me. These guys that are at that level of celebrity, these premier athletes like Steph Curry, like Leo Messi, don't have radio. They are so busy all the time. It is one thing to the next. Forget like the training and the practices and the games that they have to go to. Everything else is so intensive in their lives. Like he was at a subway, you know, we're, we're watching the subway commercials that are going on where Steph is like, go, oh, go try out this new sandwich. And we're like, Oh, he's a bad actor. And then like, you know, cause he, he's not great. That's not what he's supposed to be great at. Right. He practices basketball with them. But then I go and watch the documentary and this doesn't really spoil anything, but he's like, yeah, I mean, I feel like I did pretty well for two hours of sleep. Like, the amount of irregularity in these guys' lives is unbelievable. And yeah. the fact that Messi shops for his own groceries is, is absolutely wild. I remember uh, when Dwayne Wade like retired, someone asked him about the, how much is a gallon of milk? Not and he milk. was like 35, $35 or something like that. Cause he's just like, when was the last time that he needed to go get a gallon of milk? I thought you were about to say the Dwayne, Dwayne, the rock Johnson's when his schedule came out about you know his eating sleeping workout schedule and everything like that right. where he says he gets like four hours of sleep or something like that and then you know does like two workouts and and mark Wahlberg too right if you've ever seen his routine i think he goes to bed very early at like 8 p.m but he wakes up at like four yeah. does like three workouts before he's i would say the meeting. i would say the most impressive to me is steve harvey's i don't know it's so random but he does so much more in a day than anyone expects him to do like these other guys like we kind of have a grasp like, okay you know the rock's working out you know he's like we're doing the meal thing you know he's filming something you know he you know he's got some kind of interview like you you could kind of like predict and have like somewhat of an understanding of what these other guys do the athletes i'm sure they do more than we think but still like okay we know they're filming something some kind of charity practice game whatever steve harvey does so much more in a day than i ever even realized it is so ridiculous how much that guy gets done. He's like, he got gets home at like 11 and is up at 4 a.m. Yeah, I mean, people, I mean, when they have help, I think can do more. I'm sure he's got a load of assistance and, you know, his team probably helps out with a lot of different things and, you know, manages scheduling. And of course, he probably is not the person, you know, shopping for his own groceries. So that allows him to do more. I, I saw, I mean, this is related in, in a way, but, I saw a TikTok of uh, Justin Bieber like getting into his car, and then like I think some paparazzi person was like, "Hey Justin, how's, how's your day going?" And then he just stops and he like gets out of his car and, and like stands up like on like the edge of his car door, and then like you know almost says that he's like on top of the car and talks to just like a, a horde of paparazzi people, and he's like, "Look, I, I understand that you guys are all trying to do your job, and I, I respect that. Like your job is to." get the best shot of me and you know kind of follow me daily but like can you guys just stop talking to me like i don't need the hey justin how are you like i don't need because at the end of the day i don't want to feel like i'm being an asshole for not responding to you and i don't and i don't want to be a dick but i just want to go about my life and not i know this is part of my life now but like i don't want to have to talk to you guys can you guys just do your job in silence and not say anything hmm. and like the fact that he's starting to kind of real and like be a man about it and like actually address that but he's starting to realize, like, look, I don't have a normal life. You know, it's never going to be normal. But, you know, there's ways for me to kind of do my thing without it interfering with my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I respect him for saying that. And it's just kind of 
it's crazy. I mean, the kid's been in the limelight and a star since he was like 12 years old. And like, he's, he's just never known what a real life is like for someone that can just go about their day and go to the grocery store and go to a restaurant and get into their car and not have people, you know, pestering them. And I was telling my girlfriend, like we saw him at Coachella, you know, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, I don't even necessarily want to say hi to him because like, that's not, it's going to be more of a burden to him to have to talk to me. You know what I mean? Like everywhere he goes, people are saying hi to him or saying something to him or trying to get a picture or trying to get an autograph or trying to shake his hand. Like that's cool for some people. I'm sure like, you know, if you're an athlete that's retired, you know, where they're like, Oh, like it's nice that I'm recognized here, you know, for my great play. But someone like Justin Bieber and I'm sure like Lionel Messi in Argentina are probably just over it. They just like, don't want, they just want to have a day in silence where no one talks to them. Yeah. I mean, also Bieber, like, I don't think there's anyone that's been as affected by it or like we've got to see be as affected by it. Think about all the ups and downs that guy has gone through in the last decade. Mm -hmm. You know, he's trouble with the law, mental health. Like he doesn't put out a lot of music. He's like barely put out albums. Well, puts out single, put out a single here, single there. He'll be in this one. He'll be in that one. He'll, he'll perform. But a lot of it is, I think, why your reaction was, hey, I don't know if I'm going to say anything to this guy, because so publicly we see how big of a toll it has taken on his mental health and his body. I don't necessarily like, know if that's the, the case for why I didn't want to, but but like, we the thing is, it, it sucks. It's a shame that we see everything, but there's probably a ton of people that have the same stuff that we just don't see as much because he's covered more than anyone in like the internet and and, and media today. Like, he can't go anywhere without paparazzi. You know what I mean? Like there are some singers out there that, you know, maybe once a week paparazzi's, you know, finding them or something like that. And they probably have mental health issues too, but you're right. I mean, it's definitely taken a really big toll on him. And at such a young age, I mean, he's not even 30 years old yet. And we've seen such a, a roller coaster in his life, you know, checking yeah. into to rehab and then, you know, turning his faith and then, you know, getting married and, you know, multiple breakups and, you know, getting trouble with law and then having outbursts. And that like that video honestly, like made me respect him a lot, like that he was able to stand up for himself and kind of act like a real human being and be like, look, like, can you guys just stop talking? Like, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's the like, I think a lot of times when someone becomes instantly famous for him, it was like an overnight fame thing right because of his videos that never went away way back when um there's not a lot of people that you can talk to when you have questions about what you're supposed to do with your life you have less mentors and potential mentors than a person who is a a quote-unquote normal person right who like goes and wants to work in banking guess what there's a lot of bankers out there that you can go sit down talk to ask them questions about like what should i do with this what should i do with that um and he has way less resources to, to do that and to tap into that. It's really, really interesting. I saw another thing um, about Daniel Radcliffe, like right when the Harry Potter movies were coming out and he was kind of like at his peak fame, he used to wear mm. the same jacket and the same hat every single day. And he would switch like his pants would be, you know, jeans. So it's not like those were looking very much different. And then his shirt would be different, but he was wearing the jacket over it and he was wearing the hat. And the thought behind it was that, if paparazzi got a shot of him, it didn't really matter because it was going to all look like it was the same day. So they could go, they could take their photos, but then they wouldn't have new material to submit to whoever outlets were reaching out to them. Um, so it limited like 
how many paparazzi were around him chasing him. Smart, sure. but Very that smart. means you have to change, you know, your lifestyle and you can't wear swaggy clothes every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't sure. think he was that's I don't think it was his like MO though. No. You know, I think he's yeah, I know you're messing, but I, I think he wanted some more peace and quiet, especially when you're famous from a young age, like we're like we're talking about, I would imagine that you grow up very fast or are forced to grow up very fast. So those mentors like you're talking about, Toss, you become a guy that's a mentor at age 20 because you've seen more of the business than anybody has seen yeah. in like eight years. So Daniel Ratcliffe, by the time he's done with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 filming it, he's like 23, 24. But he's an ultimate veteran in the game. He's filmed eight of the biggest movies all time. And there's not much people know more about filming than him performing under pressure and performing a big character. So like he is arguably the most famous character of all time. So yeah, it's definitely pretty wild. And I think Messi as big of a star as he is in the United States is a lot smaller of a star than a lot of the athletes. And I also think people are more accustomed to having so many celebrities and so many athletes around that they act in the United States a bit more normal than they do globally. Like if you go, he can't, he can't do that in Argentina. People I mean, mob see, his house. You see videos all the time, and and like you know when if LeBron were to go to overseas, like go overseas, right? If he goes to China or something, like he's getting mobbed at the airport. Like people are like, like it's a mob. You they, know, have like a, they have there, a statue that, of Stefan Marbury. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, remember that commercial of like Big Poppy, like in Japan, mm-hmm. where like he's in the airport and everyone's like Big Poppy, Big Poppy, and like they're mobbing him. Like that's that's real because like you know they like they don't have those standout superstars that we do out here. Um, I mean, I'm sure in some countries, of course, like they're a little more custom. Like if you go to London, you know, or if you go to Germany, I'm sure like we're, you know, they're, they're bigger countries that have more stardom, mm-hmm. but yeah, we're accustomed to it. We're, I think definitely in Los Angeles, we're accustomed to it. But if you go to like Nebraska, you know, or if you go to Wyoming, you know, and someone sees LeBron James, I'm sure he's going to get a lot of people mobbing him. But like, you know, when we worked at John and Vinny's here in LA and LeBron was sitting at his table and, you know, we're, we're serving him like no one, maybe like one person's coming up to him. But I think like people kind of have the wherewithal in big cities like Los Angeles, New York, Miami. Like those are cities where you can kind of see someone, acknowledge it and then go about your day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember that someone once at the, at the restaurant tried to say something to Leonardo DiCaprio. One of the managers dove in front of the the person and was blocking him like a like a like an offensive lineman. It was like ridiculous. Yeah, like in pass protection. You saw Clayton Kershaw at Starbucks and no one was saying anything to him. And this is in L.A. I no, I definitely didn't say anything to him uh, because I mean he looked at me like he didn't want you know to be he didn't want me to say anything right he didn't he didn't want anything to be said uh at all and he was just he had his daughter in his hand he knew if i said something that it would open the floodgates for everybody to say something and he's trying to get in and out of the starbucks and go about his day so and he's like one of the biggest not the biggest athlete in los angeles this is prior to lebron being there at the time like not named like active player like obviously not named kobe bryant and any of the lakers yeah you just gotta pick and choose your spots honestly you know, mm-hmm. if, if people look like they're welcoming it or if they, you know, they're the type of person that's had a career that maybe has been forgotten or I, I don't know, like I'm not saying that Travis Kelsey has been forgotten in any way because he's a stud. He's the best tight end in football currently. But like when I saw him at Coachella, like he looked like he did not mind when people came up to him. And so like I said, what's up to him, you know, and he respected that. He gave me a big smile, you know, joked around with me for a 
you know, a couple of seconds and that was it. Like it's a new, it's a new celebrity. He's also in the media. He wants to be recognized. And he right. he's, he's, standing in the, he's standing in the crowd at Coachella. Like he doesn't care. Like Justin Bieber is like behind the stage, like not trying to see anybody like Jeremy strong. That was one that was really cool when I saw him at Coachella, like he was with his family, but I knew that like not any, like I don't think anyone was recognizing him because he didn't really look like Kendall Roy in succession. Like he, he looked like yeah, a middle man. And like, I like, it was literally like the series finale. The night it's also the aired. I like, I had to say something to him. Sure. But it's also like more of like a Jeremy strong. And before we get the good segue to Travis Kelsey for fantasy football, is more of a unique and less recognizable face for Travis Kelsey. We've seen on the biggest stage in sports in American sports for multiple years in a row. Now he's the best at his position. He's the second face of you know, the most dominant team in the NFL. And obviously Bieber is Bieber. So Jeremy strong, not being recognized. He, while he's had a lot of impressive roles and he's done a lot of good job. He's done, like in the Chicago seven. He was great. The gentleman, he was super fun big shorts movie we all really like he really uh, just arrived he really has just gotten here yeah and and as ken Roy, not everyone has i don't think everyone maybe even at the, the a younger half the crowd at coachella has even seen it yet i don't even know if he's you want to like people do him right they they break him into these letter grades of fame these tears is he is he an a-list celebrity from in from in film and tv yes but in the in a is he an a-list global celebrity no he's probably b-list global there's a lot of people who have not seen Succession. For sure. Obviously, it was a it was a highly watched television show, high drama. A lot of people love HBO. A lot of people don't watch anything that HBO puts out because they know of the properties that have come out of HBO before and because they know that the subject matters that HBO is willing to approach and willing to cover, um, other, other streaming platforms and other networks don't do that, right? It's not an ABC family show. It's, yeah. it's absolutely not. I don't know um, if the Coachella crowd also is like, super sex like the succession crowd necessarily it could be like a different demographic for sure the people that don't necessarily watch it um speaking of demographic though demographic people our age we love fantasy football so i want to ask you guys we've been playing some fun fantasy football games this could be a really good one right here i, I broke it down into tiers tier ones guys that can be drafted in the first early second round tier two or guys that can be taken in late second round uh third round tier three or guys fourth fifth sixth round around there and then tier four or guys after that we're gonna play a little m&m not afraid or afraid uh to take these guys tier one jonathan taylor are you afraid or not afraid to take him yes i'm afraid toss yeah i'm afraid okay shaking in my boots shaking in your boots cooper cup afraid or not afraid a little worried. I mean, he's pick, he's going to start off the season hurt, right? Pick a side. Afraid or not afraid? I'm afraid. Okay, Toss? I'm not afraid. Okay. Josh Jacobs, Jingleheimer Schmitz. Afraid or not afraid? I'm afraid. I have the fear. Okay, so, okay, so two of... Th- both you guys are afraid on Taylor. Both you guys are afraid on Jacobs. Toss not afraid of Cooper Cup. Nick, you are afraid on Cooper Cup. Uh, I'm afraid on all three, I will admit. Okay, tier two. Yeah, that's why you threw him at us. I threw him at him. Brees Hall. This well, just, or- just for the listeners and viewers, Josh's uh, fantasy segments all across the board for the next two weeks are less about Nick and 
my answers and more about him discovering answers for himself. That yeah. He can getting clarity his... and sure. Yeah. yeah for sure. hundred yeah. percent getting, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to deny guilty as charged honor. Uh, tier two, Brees Hall, afraid, not afraid. I'm afraid. Um, because I think last year when I took JK Dobbins, I thought he'd come back, you know, be fine after his injury. And it was not great. Really good comp dude. Uh, toss. Yeah, it's a serious injury. Like, I, I'm afraid as well. I'm not afraid of the talent. I'm not afraid of if he is healthy, what that's going to look like. He will be very productive if that's the case. But how long do you want to wait for this guy to return to his normalcy, right? Mm-hmm. And to return to his normal self that we saw in the first half of last year, which was Absolutely. electric. He was awesome. And at Iowa State, which we got to see up close and personal. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, afraid or not afraid? Um. I'm not afraid there. Okay. I mean, I, I don't necessarily know he's going to be the guy that I would take a tight end if there's a bunch of others available, but if he's like the, the you know, one of the last guys available, sure. Yeah. He's going as like a top I'm 40. Him, I'm not 40 taking him in the second round though. No, he's going as a top 40 player right now. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm not afraid of him either, but it's the same thing that I said on our best to believe show echoing, uh, Nick sentiment. There's other guys. Fryer move, Evan Ingram, Dallas Goddard, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, all who have average ADPs that are lower than TJ Hawkinson. And I would not be um, upset if I had any of those other guys. And some of them I think I'd rather have than TJ Hawkinson. Ooh, okay. Kenneth Walker the third. I'm not afraid. Mm, not afraid. Okay. Toss. I'm not afraid either. And yeah, okay. my, my brain is doing that every single time I say not afraid, by the way. It's, it, it wants not. to sing the song. Yeah, it does. Uh, okay. Tier three, James Connor. Nick, I know where you stand. So you'll kick us off. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to call myself afraid. I'm just not taking him. <laughs> okay. Toss. I'm afraid. I'm running into mommy and daddy's room and I am jumping into bed with them. I am afraid. Ooh. Okay. Little boy. Okay. Kyle Pitts. Tiny, tiny boy. Baby. Tiny boy. Tiny toss. Kyle Pitts. Um, I'm a little afraid. Okay. Toss. I think, I think we're starting okay. to come into bus territory a little bit for him. Ooh. Okay. Uh-oh. Cops and robbers. Little bust alert. Toss. I am. I'm afraid as well. Okay. It's just, I don't think it has anything to do with the guy himself. I think he's a very talented player. Sure. Who is their quarterback? Can their quarterback get him the ball game in, game out? They were the most efficient rushing team in the NFL last year. They add in our guy, Bijan Robinson, who's a first-round pick. They are going to feed him the rock and Tyler Algier um, and Cordero Patterson. How many attempts, like how many pass attempts is this guy going to get every game how much do they want desmond ritter throwing the ball at all to begin with mm. okay there we go kyle pitts cam acres i'm afraid toss not afraid okay he had a good second half last year this is a tricky one javante williams afraid i mean he was a guy that a lot of people took really really early last year and went down with a serious injury so same case that i had for Brees hall but i think he's not as talented as Brees hall Agreed. Toss. So where is this pick happening again, Josh? Just refresh his, his ADP is in the 60s, 70s, late 50s. I mean, are you basically saying, are you afraid to take him at like the ADP or are you afraid to roster this person? 
I would say a combination of both. I mean, for guys like us that play a heavy fantasy and play in a lot of leagues, it's pretty much one and the same. Like you're not taking a guy like I would, he would really have to plummet for me to take him. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying, I'm not saying well, this is a, say this that... is a generalization, not just speaking of Javante Williams, but for the guys I'm naming, like if you're, if you're going to roster them, I'm operating under the assumption that you're going to be drafting him in their a range of ADP. Like obviously, like if we're all sitting here and it's the second and last round and no one's taking Javante Williams, we three are going to take the flyer, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So okay. So this is based off his. Are you going to roster him at his ADP? It's like a combination of both. Yeah, probably not. Okay. I. I'm you're not afraid. Not, say it, bro. I'm not afraid because, again, going into fantasy drafts last year. This guy was getting picked between pick 10 and 16. So if he's anything like what he was supposed to be, then you're very, very comfortable taking him around the 60s. Do we um, have him? Do we have him last year on our team? Yeah, right. We did. We took him with our later, our, not, not our second week, because we took quarterbacks first and then we took another Kelsey. We got him at a good value, I remember. I was he not like a second round pick last year for a lot of people he, for in the normal ours is a two qb league so for right. normal so that skewed things a little bit yeah um that did skew things a little bit look in four games he ran for 200 yards uh no touchdowns i mean their offense had a lot obviously a lot of struggles he's only 23 uh he had in his but his, his rookie year he had 900 rushing yards is not the primary starter and 316 passing yards the unfortunate thing is i think this guy's the He's kind of a league winner or league loser type, right? Where if he is who he's supposed to be, then you might have ended up with another RB1. And there's also the possibility that he doesn't play half the season. And in which case, you, you really, really lost there. I personally think his his incumbent backfield mate, Samaje P. Ryan, is I'd rather take him and stash him later. I think he could come off really hot and is show that he was really good at the past game for the Bengals last year. Uh, so that's yeah. that's just one I wanted to throw at you guys because you know I'm, I'm probably I'm, I'm allowing you guys to re- reveal a lot here. Yeah, I'm foolishly not afraid. Okay. <laughs> uh, his suspension has been handed down as we had the tier four his suspension has been handed down for three games. Kareem Hunt's going to visit New Orleans. Uh, Jamal Williams, the touchdown leader in the NFL, is there now as well. Alvin Kamara, afraid or not afraid? Uh, I'm afraid. I am I think, also afraid. I mean, you're losing for the first three games. Like I said, Jamal Williams is there now too, going to take away some some carries. And he hasn't been productive the last couple of years. You know, I used to love, I mean, I still love him, but like yeah. I used to, you know, I just want to take this guy with every pick I had. And uh, it's just, he hasn't been able to show me anything these last couple of years. Yeah. Toss. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm uh, retiring from the position of, taking Saints players, namely Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, when they have some sort of suspension lingering injury uh, that's going to take them through the first four to six weeks of the season. I'm, Con- I'm out. I'm out on that one. Congrats on your retirement, my friend. Thanks. Uh, I hope your severance package was sweet. Uh, Hollywood Brown in Arizona is a tier four guy. And we're talking ADP 70 plus. Who's throwing to him? Coach McCoy. Yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and last but not least, this is an interesting one. Tier four guy, Deontay Johnson. Mm, I'm not afraid. I mean, he'd be a, a nice, you know, three or four receiver on your team, maybe. 
there's a lot of deep receivers this year. So, I mean, I, I would say, you know, if you, if you fall to you, falls to you. Yeah. What's the, I'm not afraid. What's the fear here, Josh? Um, the potential fear here is George Pickens, uh, taking over as wide receiver one, Kenny okay. Pickett and Freermuth, uh, their connection. And then, and more of an emphasis on running the football with Najee Harris. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Johnson. Zero, t- zero touchdowns from him last year. Sure. Already been a guy who has been productive with other talented receivers on the roster. Mm-hmm. Clay- when Chase Claypool had his really, really promising rookie year, Deontay Johnson was a very solid fantasy wide receiver. Mm. Um, so I'm not necessarily worried about – I do buy George Pickens. I think he's incredibly talented, and I think he could end up – um, with more touchdowns this season, probably less receptions. Cause I think that Deontay Johnson is just a reception machine. So I think in any PPR, I'm, I'm happy to have that guy on my team. Love it. Love it. Love and it, I buy it. Kenny Pickett taking some advancement, um, in comparison to his last season. Nice. Good stuff, guys. Good game. Fun game. And thank you for helping me with my fantasy uh, questions, uh, of the day. Uh, cool. Let's close it out with a little baseball. Right now, the three teams in the wild card spots. I'm not talking about the teams in the hunt. Sorry, Nick. I know your Padres are three games back and we're all pulling for them. But I'm talking about the teams right now that are the world wild card teams. The Jays, the Rays, the Strohs in the AL, the Giants, the Phillies, and the Cubs slash Reds. That's right. They are tied. The Cubs have come out of nowhere and they have tied the Reds. They are a wild card team as it stands. Rank those teams from most likely to least likely to make it to the not win but make it to the world series so rank each by each by each um let's go by each league each league okay yeah. most likely astros okay then the rays then the blue jays toss what about you most likely the yeah the astros yeah, Astros, Rays, Blue Jays. I think the I think it's a closer gap between the Rays and the Blue Jays. I think adding Verlander back, it's pretty much the same team that won the World Series last year. So having and he was great in his first start back. Obviously, you have Valdez, uh, and with a fully healthy Astros lineup, I think they're going to be very tough to beat. And I think it's a bad draw for whoever has him in the first round, mm-hmm. which will probably be Minnesota. <laughs> is there anything more classic in, in baseball in the 21st century than the Minnesota twins getting knocked out in the first round of the playoffs? No, it's pretty classic death taxes. Minnesota doesn't make it to the next round. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. What about the NL? Um, I guess most likely the, the Phillies cause they were there last year and team hasn't really changed that much. Um, It's, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like, I don't really believe that that really these other three teams are like really supposed to be there. I mean, I really? guess the Gi- against the Giants next, and then then the Cubs, and then then the Reds. Like, exactly how it's standing right now. Toss, in agreement. Yeah, definitely the Phillies at the top, and then a substantial drop off until I kind of I I now have to get into like. We get into a matchup here. Mm-hmm. The Reds lineup I trust the most to mm. pop off in any random game. Um, but I don't trust their pitching quite as much as I do probably the 
the Cubs or the the Giants. Um, you want to trust the Giants here, but I just don't think they have enough firepower to really like push them past. I mean, it's it's almost like a dead tie on all three of those teams, like Nick's saying. Um, I know you gave the edge to the Giants, but I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Phils. I think I'm gonna say the Cubs. I yeah, Cubs too, and then, and then the Giants, and then the Reds. I think I'm 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 more to switch that too. I mean, they've been so hot these last few weeks, and they have more runs scored than, uh, I guess so. The yeah, they're they have the third most runs scored in the NL. I mean, that lineup has been able to really do some serious damage. I mean, Cody Bellinger has just been such a a marvel. You know, his resurgence and their pitching has been pretty good. And you know, Swanson ends up being a really good signing for them too. So I mean they're, they're they're coming pretty dangerous down the stretch. Yeah, I mean just looking at their post All Star numbers uh, for the Cubs, Bellinger's hitting three ninety three. Uh, Mike Talkman has been on fire. Dansby Swanson is actually looking like a really great signing for them. I think people were like, mm, "Do you want to throw that much money at Dansby Swanson? Was he a product of a really good lineup? Did he has he not lived up to the hype of the first overall pick?" But that's just been a really good deal. And they got Candelario, who has only played six games for the Cubs, but is hitting 571. <laughs> and has <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then they just have other guys like, like Nick Madrigal. He, you know, he plays Jan Gomes, Christopher Morel. Uh, the Seiya Suzuki experiment's not gone too well, but Nico Horner's a really underrated second baseman, and I feel fit to shout him out. Um, he steals bases, and obviously, you know, he 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 hits pretty well. So I think yeah, this I mean, is a it's team. A, a little bit of recency bias, but they beat the Braves and the Reds in back-to-back series. So, I've... does Bellinger stay with the Cubs? You guys think as we close out? And they have to pay him, but I mean, why not? You know, if you're He's doing what he needs to have done to get paid again. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I mean, if, if they actually want to give him the contract and you're him, I mean, why not? Like you're having a great year with them. Like the fans love you. Like, unless you want to go back to the Dodgers, but you know, obviously they cast you away super quick. Yeah. I mean, he's played exactly 81 games. So if you just did his average in a 162 game season, Cody Bellinger, and I'm with you, Nick, I mean, you kind of did your damage in Los Angeles and they did, they did cast you away and you're, you have great success in Chicago. If he played a hundred, 162 games, his average is three. Yeah. 32 home runs, 34 stolen bases, 106 RBIs, and he's hitting 326. Pretty impressive. You're good. That's fine. Pretty impressive, honestly. Him yeah. and Yell, him and Yelich. We've been saying it two full Renaissance seasons uh, tomorrow. Warner horns up talking Texas podcast. Uh, go check that out if you've never checked that out. It's a really fun podcast. Well, guess what? We talk about the horns. We'll go through the coaches poll. We are we are not only ranked twelfth in the coaches poll heading into the season. We are the number one team ranked. Uh, in the Big 12, the other teams that are ranked, TCU, Kansas State, are 16 and 17, respectively. OU has snuck back in there, potentially on brain nam, uh, brand name alone. And then Texas Tech also. a very That's my sneaky team in the Big 12 this year. A uh, very sneaky team. We'll be breaking down the Big 12 as it keeps going. But the Horns at number 12. Georgia at one in the coaches poll. Uh, and just again to tease tomorrow. Michigan two ahead of Bama and Ohio State, LSU five, USC six, Penn State seven. Nick, that was your pick for the Big Ten. FSU eight, Clemson also. Nick, you're buying the Tennessee hype at nine, and I think uh, we like Tennessee. Uh, sorry, Clemson at nine and Tennessee at ten. 
a team we also really like. So get excited for tomorrow for the coaches poll. We'll talk about that uh, and break that down further. And we'll break down our horns placement on the coaches poll at number 12 on our horns up talking Texas podcast, Fisher Disopolis, DJ, Nikki snacks, Kreider. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.